The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a special Test Your Metal episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 745, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron, and dear listeners, this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Go out there, check out the coffee, check out the other goodies, get on the mailing list, at, at the very least, go get on the mailing list because there's stuff happening all the time. And if you're on the email list, you're going to know before anybody else. You will know when Snowy and I know. You'll know before social media knows because that's the kind of stuff that goes on. It is great coffee that is made for metalheads by metalheads. I actually keep thinking I need to order myself a bag because I um, have a buddy who might be visiting who is a coffee drinker. And it was actually my buddy that helped shoot the um, True Cult coffee uh, videos and did all the editing and stuff. Oh, right on. And um, I'm like, well, if they're here, I should probably have some coffee. And if I'm going to have coffee, I should have True Cult coffee because Mm -hmm. that's that's the coffee. And besides, you know, um, I don't know about anybody else. But especially, like, if, if you look like Snowy and I, where we don't look like we listen to what we listen to, it's <laughs> really fun to have something like that sitting on your shelf. So it makes people wonder and possibly worry. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. What did I get myself into? Exactly. It's a great time. But anyway, <laughs> um, so True Call Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T coffee.com. This is not some giant conglomerate. This is um, a family that does this coffee thing. And so you're not, you know, buying somebody their third yacht. You're buying the fifth child a set of diapers. <laughs> yeah, and much, and yeah. I honestly don't even know how, how many kids they have at this point. Um, I, I know, I, I think, and well, I know it's been announced, and I know that they're expecting another one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I honestly don't, don't remember what number we're up to. But, like I said, you know, you're supporting a family. 
mm-hmm. and a family of metalheads at that. It's a great time. So, what's going on with you, Snowman? Well, myself, I have a a big old cup in my big Darth Vader head mug of true Cavalt coffee because once again, something I'm going to uh, need because it's been a long Monday up here in my neck of the woods, shall we say? And it's just, but it's getting better now. Obviously, when I sit down with you and we just kind of. <sighs> the day away, you know, and then nothing but good stuff from there. And I had a fantastic weekend. It was just a little bit long, which you can't argue when it's nothing but good stuff. But that'll kind of come up more. Well, with my metal fix this week, dude, I've yeah. actually got more of a geek stuff going on because I really don't have much in the way of music this time around just a couple cool cool shit that came across my desk that we'll kind of get into but yeah it's going to be it's going to be a jam-packed day got a very interesting topic to discuss and a mitt full of a stack of wax shall we say and just a lot of good times just like we have every week before we kind of get into that though got a little bit of radioactive metal housekeeping and some interesting stuff about today as we speak, June 12th, okay? Okay. First of all, I want, we want here at Radioactive Metal and our sister program, Wrestling Night in Canada particularly, we want to say uh, horns up and congratulations to listener Elizabeth Gorman, who uh, we've had her on because she's just this mega pro wrestling fan. Goes to a lot of the big, big time events and all that. So I sat down with her on Wrestling Night in Canada and discussed one of those big events. So she's an alum here. She's a big listener as well to all of the wrestling shows here on the Shining Wizards Network as well. She recently announced that she is with child. No way. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. And I was actually stunned. Like, I'm just kind of like, because apparently, like, I, did I miss the, when she announced it? Because she seems to be, you know, a few weeks long or six, six weeks long or, or whatever. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I missed, <laughs> I missed, I missed your announcement. What happened? And, you know, it's like, well, you know, don't, don't, don't worry about it. So, Going to make it up to her tonight. Congratulations. That's absolutely fantastic. The family, the radioactive metal, the Shining Wizards family is literally growing. Both yeah. with, with True Cavalt and with Elizabeth. And, Quite literally. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, it's always, it's always a good thing. Today, June 12th, as we speak... And speaking of the Shining Wizards Network, we want to say happy birthday to Kevin Garifo from uh, the Shining Wizards podcast. You know, Miss, Mr. Funny Man, Mr. Comedian, it's his birthday today, and it's always a good time with those guys. So happy birthday, my friend, as well. A little closer to home here. We want to say horns up and happy birthday to Mr. Corey Thomas from uh, Ninja Cat Production. He, the talent buyer at 
at the Park Theater. We've played his many. We've played his many bands. We've had him on the show many times. I'm sure we will again. And he's just done so much for radioactive metal and just so much just for like metal in general, not just the Winnipeg community, but when you are as busy as he is in promoting all these shows, he's one of those one one of those cogs that you know he's part of a whole tour and he does such a great job promoting the shows when that tour gets here and all that. So yeah, it's, it's, it's not just Winnipeg. It's just metal in general. Thank you so much. And happy birthday. Speaking of birthdays, we want to say hello, horns up and happy birthday. And I know you're going to dig this because you were a big black flag fan or still are. Heck yeah. But Kira. Oh, Kira Rustler. Rustler, okay. Yeah. I knew I was going to butcher her name, but you were going to get it. It is her birthday today. Oh, no way. Yeah. So she's what, 62? I don't know. I'm not going to say. I knew you were going to say that as soon as I said it. But I mean, I'm, I'm always fascinated because, you know, somebody like that is uh, like like an, like an aunt to me at this point, you know? Like, like when when all these rockers get into their 60s, but especially ones like the Great Gins, the Henry Rollins, you know, Kira, all, all, like even Mike Watt, don't they just feel like aunts and uncles at this point? <laughs> when you finally sit down with them and kind of talk with them and you know, okay, these people, as old as we are, you know, these people do have about 10 years on us. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I could kind of see that, especially once... You know, you're sitting down, you're having a coffee, you're having a beer together, you're on the bus, you're backstage or whatever, and you're just you're just chilling. Yeah, you're taking care of business, but you're also hanging. And yeah, yeah, I can see that. That's a good analogy. Yeah, totally. That's just that's the vibe I get. But anyway, yeah. happy birthday, Kira. So, do you know that she is an award-winning sound editor? Yeah. Um. Was it? Golden Globe or the Oscars? Uh, could have been both. It was, I feel like it was. Yeah. I feel like she has an Oscar. Yes, I I think so too. What was it again? I can't. I for life, me I can't remember either. But um, before Bass Player Magazine shut down for good, um, the the last couple print issues were really good, and it it was almost like it was the swan song. Like, oh, there's stuff we've got to get out. So they had a great posthumous Lemmy article. Mm, um, but they did this big feature on Kira, wow. you know, and I don't know if she's ever graced the pages of a music mag in the last thirty years before that. That's you know? right. What well, it, it is, but I mean, she she was somebody who you know. So she plays a Rickenbacker, right? Cool ass bass. She's on the live record. Um, it's I think it's Live eighty four. The process of waiting now. Is it just called Live in 84? But the opening track is called The Process of Weeding Out. And it's just this great noise track. And it's, you know, I mean, she toured with those dudes, you know, complete punk rock style. And I guess, I I don't know if she was the, had the, the, the least run, but I mean, other than Dukowski, she's the only other bass player I can name. You know? Mm-hmm. And, um... 
So what? So probably like through 84 to 86. And then Black Flag's done. Rollins Band starts. And she drops off the face of the earth. You know, she mm-hmm. has a project with Mike Watt called Dose because they were married for Dose, a while. Yep. And that was mm-hmm. the, the um, their bass duo. But then, like, I, I even when you read the interview with her, she, she's very, very private. You know, and I'm sure she's kept it that way. But it w- it was great to see an article on her and to see everything that she does and has done and accomplished. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One heck of a person um, and hell of a punk rocker. Happy birthday, Kira. Right on, right on. For sure, for sure. A little bit of uh, music stuff here and a little bit of geek stuff. Um, Mr. Geezer Butler has announced his retirement. What? I think For yeah. Real? Yeah, I think he's like officially. Know, he's, yeah, yeah, he's gone to the press and said I just don't want to do this anymore. Now, you know, musicians say a lot of things and have retired. Well, yeah. They they're, they're just like pro wrestlers. Some pro wrestlers have retired five times already. I mean, Ozzy's always retiring, and he's still got a show coming up. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, so yeah. Um, and he's earned it. He's earned it. Like, if there's anyone that, that's like, he helped create metal. So, if anyone can, you know, just sit back and relax and put his feet up, uh, that's Mr. Butler for sure. For sure. So, happy retirement, sir. Definitely, definitely. Today in 1985, Megadeth's Killing is My Business and Business is Good is released. What a great record. Oh, yes, yes. That was absolutely, like, that's how I discovered, that is when I discovered Megadeth. It was with that record. It was on the new release rack. Yeah. It was the whole Banzai Records era. And that record just blew me away. And all throughout my teens, it was easily, even after Megadeth, you know, along came Peace Cells and So Far yeah. and Rust and all that. It just always stayed, like, in my top ten favorite albums, like, of all time. Dude, and what a shame that you can't get that album in its original form anymore. Right, yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, I think they've... They've remastered it, and there's new covers. And uh, it's not even this, the remaster. The covers bother me a bit because I know Dave didn't like it, but the cover that he likes, like the new cover, I'm like, that's not cooler than the other one. No, the original is amazing. Yeah, it really is. He's like, oh, but you could see this and that. I'm like, yeah. Like, for the crowd you're selling it to, all the horror movie fans in 1985, it was perfect. It you was know. fantastic. Yeah. But then the the um what what's the song they cover on that one? Is is that one these boots are made for walking or is that one I ain't superstitious? Uh, no, it's these boots. Boots. I yeah, yeah superstition is because superstition is on the Willie Dixon one. And I think they had a problem with that one too. Like it it fascinates me that nobody had a problem with these covers at the time and then later they make them go back and edit stuff and <laughs> you're just you're you're messing with history. So anyone who has mm-hmm. the originals, you know, hold on to them for dear life. Uh-huh. Uh somebody put it up on YouTube so we preserve that history. Cause nothing nothing irritates me more than you know, when we start editing history, like the Ronald Dahl books. Have you heard about that? Where um 
because uh, you know, you know, he he he, his language is very much what the language would have been for English people in that era, and okay. you know, they call people fat and ugly and and very very direct language, you know, mm-hmm. and people are like, well, we need to change that. I'm like, well, but that's history. Like we, you can't change. That's what it was. You can educate somebody to, hey, that's not how we talk now. That's mm-hmm. rude. Don't say it. But you can't change that. That's what happened. You know, and that irritates the shit out of me. But that's a whole. That could be a whole podcast in itself. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I digress. Yeah, still, still one of my favorite records. Yeah. Uh, and like we like like you said, yes, I'm I'm hanging on to this for for for, for dear life. Um, and finally today, and I know you spoke of this last week, but today in 1981, both Raiders of the Lost Ark and the original Clash of the Titans hit the theater. Wow! It was a hell of a day in 1981. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, unfortunately, I didn't make it because you—they put Raiders back in the theater, unbeknownst to me. I didn't—I didn't catch it oh, until you didn't it was make kind it of this time like, around. No, no, you were lucky enough to have. But Disney Plus has put all the uh, has all of them, all the Oklahoma Smith movies up now. Yeah, and Oklahoma um, Smith—that's pretty good. <laughs> I like that. Yes. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of a wise guy. And no. Uh, yeah, no, just yeah, go on. <laughs> just just the other day, Mrs. Snowy and I sat down and said, "Hey, we got to watch Raiders." You know, now it's it had it had been a while, and it's it's still a fantastic film. We we laughed, we cried. It's still just wish I would have made it out to the theater. But as you're going to see in my metal fix coming up, I did. Pretty good in the um, in the whole theater department, shall we say? So maybe we should kind of get on with the grunt here, as my dad would say, and get into our mandatory metal segment. Oh, oh! Speaking of mandatory metal, though, um, as I've said on this show before, weekdays. One of our commercial radio stations, they have their, you know, you know, it's five o'clock. It's time for mandatory metal. Right, and all it's that. five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, we were using mandatory metal for a long time before these guys decided that they were going to infringe on our art. But, you know. Well, they probably listen to the show, you know. Probably, probably. <laughs> Probably. Now, normally, like it's it, it's hit and miss with this segment. Okay, like you have to request the good stuff, where the DJ is just gonna check something off the playlist. Right, you're gonna check a box. Yeah. Right, right, right. So you kind of have to request the good stuff. Someone requested Judas Priest Turbo Lover today. <sighs> now. Ah, uh, that was one of those, like that whole era, the um, the uh, the Turbo Lover or the, or the Turbo album and the Ram It Down. That was when I when when teenage Snowy was going through his bitter and angry phase. 
where if it wasn't brutal underground, hardcore punk or metal, then, you know, it all sucks and all that. And there's just some stuff at the time that Judas Priest, the Scorpions, even my beloved Alice Cooper, at the time, in my narrow-minded, you know, angry, teen angst mind, they were just producing some crap. Now, you get older, you get wiser, your mind opens up a little more, and you know what? The Turbo Lover album, or the, the, the Turbo album, and the title track of sorts, I can get behind this this day and age. It's actually some pretty good stuff. There's some good stuff off Ram It Down, too. Tell me there's no other. <laughs> that, that's right. So it was a nice port in the storm to hear that. And then the song right after that was Panama. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, I am so glad you brought up Panama. Oh, okay. Have you heard that David Lee Roth is in the studio putting out singles of classic Van Halen songs? No. Oh. Really? He's been putting out single after single, and I heard somebody talking about it today. And I'm like, well, let me go check it out. So it's Diamond Dave. Diamond Dave sounds great, right? Mm -hmm. Diamond Dave, like, you got to hand it to him. He always sounds great. However. Uh Uh-oh. Like, you can't fuck with Van Halen songs. Like, it is clearly... Like a cover cover band, it like it honestly to me sounds like David Lee Roth singing to a karaoke track. Oh, I gotta hear this now. You know, I mean, it's it's not terrible, but like you can clearly tell that is not Van Halen. It's not the guitar sound. Like it's honestly a little too heavy for some of it. The swing's not there. The feel's not there. You know, nothing against the guitarists or any of the musicians that are playing on it because they're all accomplished musicians. They're pulling it off. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just not the same. And why, like, why would you even feel the need to redo those? You know. Good question. Good question. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, give, I'm gonna have to, give, gonna have to give them a spin. I'm gonna have to give them a spin. But right now, for our mandatory metal segment for the good folks at a true Cavalt Coffee. There is a new album by Canadian atmospheric black metalers. Remember what we were talking about last week? There's a classic example for that. And I have been fucking up this band name for about 10 years now. But Fanta Phanaxis. Yeah, I got nothing. You're on your own. (laughs) Fanta Phanaxis. Okay, sure. and they're they're a Canadian black metal band, and I know I've got all the black metal listeners. They're they're chucking their, you know, their device across the room. They're spitting on their computer. They're calling me a dumbass. I did my best. Next <laughs> okay. me for other reasons. <laughs> but but that Fanaxa have a new album, Hive Mind Narcosis available now and i was giving some of it a spin and let's do that right now i'm not saying that the name again this is their new song lost kingdom of wolves
We've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Okay, well, hey, dude, what's going on? Dude, nothing. Um, I uh, it's it's been a crazy weekend. My parents were here. Um, yeah, this is probably gonna be the last time they visit for a while because Dad's right. society is gonna get his other knee worked on. Um, he had, he had one replaced, which has been great because we were able to get out for um, at least to the driving range twice. Because uh, I even asked him, like, well, you want to go and try and play around? <laughs> and I reminded him, like, remember, I've never been on a course before. Like, I've, I've done, like, a nine-hole pitch and putt sort of thing. Right. Um, but I have no idea what I'm doing. So we um, <laughs> we went down to the driving range again, got both kids down there. Um, both kids are enjoying it. It was my daughter's first time ever trying a driving range. Like, she's, you know, done mini golf, as so, you know, both kids have. Um, but man, like when she keeps her eye on the ball, she can send that thing sailing. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's really all we've been up to. It was golf this weekend. Um, you know, my son had a couple performances. They had little women going on this weekend. Oh, okay. Cool. I, I gotta say, dude, it's been a blast. Cause it's about a year since he started this journey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been about a year since he did, you know, Tom Sawyer, that, that first production. And he loved it so much. And so many of the kids he was in Tom Sawyer with were in Little Women last night. And it's just wonderful to see the change in a year. You know, it's just a blast. So just everybody did a great job. Um, one of the girls in the show actually played piano live. Because um, oh, nice. her character was a piano player. And they set up a, um, a working piano, and she played live during the show, every performance. And it really worked. It was great. Right on, right on. Excellent. That's what you like to hear. And oh, yeah, yeah I have no tough. doubt your your son's becoming quite the quite the actor and entertainer. I can't wait to see what he's going to be like 20 years from now. Like, holy jeez. Yeah, that's what I'm looking forward to, too. Right on, right on. Cool. Cool. Um, uh, I guess I guess myself. Um, you know, really, in terms of a metal fix, just just a couple cool songs across my desk that that I'll get to because I even like when I hit the record shops. Okay, this this past Saturday, I ended up buying like um, an old Flash Gordon album. Oh, another one. You know, I, uh, no, it was the same one. Okay. <laughs> No, it was the same one I already had. I'm like, oh, oh, because like I was just, and I've done this before, and I've said it on the show, and I'm gonna do it again. I just, I just saw this album, but I looked at the uh, the track listing and all that, and it wasn't ringing a bell and all that. So I brought it up. I went to Old Gold. Yeah. Shout out to our good buddy Brett there. And I said to a man, okay, I, I'm. There's about. 20% of me saying that I do have this. So, you know, like if if I if I have this, can I just bring it back next week for credit? Well, yeah. of course. Of course. I get it home. I go into my soundtracks. I go, I get to F. I pull out the same record. Oh. Uh, so I was right. honestly hoping that. <laughs> when you're saying like, oh, I don't know, like I didn't recognize these songs, I was hoping you were going to tell me you ended up with the soundtrack to Flesh Gordon. 
Oh, that would. Oh, oh, I would know if I already had that. Have I told you that story? <laughs> no, but I want to hear it. I, I, I have a dear friend, and I actually just texted her today. Um, and she is like the epitome. Her, her, and her best friend were like the epitome of just like good, innocent girls, and and it came across as ditzy, and so sometimes it was, but um they wanted to watch flash Gordon. So they go out and, you know, I can't remember. I think, um, I think it was her friend that goes and rents it. They put it in and they're watching. They're like, this just seems weird. Like this doesn't, this isn't what I remember. You know, there seems to be a lot more sex than than I remember. (laughs) Dude, Uh they were legit halfway through before they ejected and realized it was flesh Gordon. Flesh Gordon. Yeah. Yeah, no, I saw that as a kid. Okay, and I just, well, I guess early teens. And I just, I wasn't impressed with it. Like, even though, you know, you're you're young, dumb, you're full of cum and all that. Like, all you want to see is titties, titties and movies and all that. It's like, this isn't doing nothing. Like, this is... This isn't very entertaining. Maybe now, as an, as an adult for the camp factor... I think now yeah. you get a kick out of it. Because, see, I, I didn't so. see it until my mid-20s. Oh, okay. And so watching it in my mid-20s, being familiar with Flash Gordon and, like, the penis rocket ship and all that sort of stuff, <laughs> it it was uh-huh. great. It, it was exactly what I wanted. It was so damn funny. Yeah, absolutely. Loved it. I, I didn't think, when I woke up this morning, okay, I didn't think we... <laughs> I didn't think we were going to be discussing Flesh Gordon. <laughs> uh, you know, we should seriously keep score. And every time you say that phrase, we should write down yeah. what it is. And then at the <laughs> end of the year, we pick what the most outrageous of those things was. I think so. That might be a good idea. That should be our new game, dude. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think so. So while I was rebuying the Flash Gordon record, though, I did. He has, he has a big sale going on from used CDs, the big summer blowout. And for I dropped six bucks for CD copies of King Diamond's The Eye and Ugly Kid Joe's America's Least Wanted. Two albums I already have on cassette, but, you know, the cassettes don't make it into my... Uh, my player very much anymore. Although I have, you know, I have found, you know, the odd cassette at a um, at a merch booth or secondhand or whatever, it's just it's just it's just something to have. So like six bucks for these two records, definitely, definitely. Oh, yeah, dude. I'll I'll, um, I'll drop that. But yeah, that was pretty much it <laughs> for my metal fix. But this last week, okay. Speaking of all these momentous occasions in pop culture, but Last week, in 1984, the original Ghostbusters was released. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And so that was kind of Ghostbusters Day. Now, here in Winnipeg, at the Park Theater, we had our own Ghostbusters Day, where the theater was airing the two 80s, the first two 80s Ghostbuster movies, and hosted, okay, 
by the Winnipeg Ghostbusters cosplayers. Like, oh, nice, like, dude. Yeah, yeah. Like I see these guys at um, at all the cons, at all the record or at the comic conventions, and just you know, and you can hire them out, you know, for charitable events, and they were. Uh, where were they? They were at, they were at one of the comic book shops for their anniversary and all that. They're just they're just they're just great guys. They're just dedicated Ghostbuster fans, and they're just I just I just love seeing them. I'm always looking forward to uh, to the cons and seeing them. And I always get my picture with them and and all that. It's just it's all it's 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 always a good time. Have you seen Afterlife now? Oh, I have not actually. Oh, dude, come I know, on! I know, I've, <laughs> I know. I've, I definitely should have. I got to the point where I was kind of waiting for it to come out on on DVD because I didn't make it to the theater, and I know it's out on DVD now. It's got to be. It's out just now. this. Yeah, yeah. It's just the place where I was buying all my new DVDs, where I was in there every week. Okay. Yeah. That place is now shut down. Oh no! It was the sun. It was. It was one of the sun, sun sunrise sunrise record locations. Oh man. Yeah. And now, in order for me to get to one of the other locations, they're on the other side of town. It's a whole thing. I'm not going to bore everyone with the details. Bottom line: No, I haven't seen Afterlife yet. Dude, and so I, <laughs> good. I really need to. I really need to. But it was. It was just an absolute thrill of seeing the original Ghostbusters because we we only stuck around for the first film. We had other things to do and all that, but I definitely had to see that original in the theater with the original Ghostbusters. I got my pictures taken with them, and just outside there was a replica of Ecto-1. Okay, I had to have my picture taken with that, and it's just... It was just a fantastic time. Just just a fantastic time. That's pretty um, darn cool. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of movies, just last night as we speak, I took in um, Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, last I, night. I can't wait to see that. I'm okay. Okay. Um, kind of got a little bit of a problem here, Pat. Oh, you can say whatever you want around me. I don't care. Oh, okay, okay. Because... Um, part of this is going to be, you know, it's actually part of, of my metal fix. Now, if you want absolutely no spoilers, it'll be a couple weeks out. I think by the time this goes to air, you want absolutely no spoilers. Put your fingers in your ears, go la 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 for the next couple minutes. Okay. Because dude... Spider Punk. Oh, yes, 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 <laughs> yes, yes. And I was, I, I, it didn't enter my head. I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about it. All of a sudden, like she, he, he just appears. Mrs. Snowy's elbowing me. You know, love, love, Spider Punk, Spider Punk. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yes, awesome, awesome. And now, like, Spider Punk and Wonder Woman are my two favorite superheroes and yeah oh yeah to, to see him on the big screen uh, we need a disney plus 
animated Spider Punk TV series. Ah, man, that'd be fantastic. Mm-hmm. That'd be great if that happened. Oh, Dude, definitely. definitely. I, I cannot wait to see that movie. I love Miles Morales. Yeah. Um, I he he is honestly the best Spider Man since the original uh, Peter Parker. Like, like uh, which which one? The sixties? The sixties. Uh, like ah, like the right Peter on. Parker that started it all. Right. Right. He, he is because I mean we've done so many reboots and all the things they've done in the movies. And um, nothing against oh, the kid who did the Far From Home and all that sort of stuff. Because um, I honestly think that's probably one of the best reboots that they've done, right? As mm-hmm. far as bringing back in the universe. But I love Miles Morales because they kept everything that made Spider-Man Spider-Man. But the character is up to date for today's world. Mm-hmm. And it's it's fantastic. I I can't wait to see this movie. Both my kids are excited about the movie. Right on, uh, excellent. Yeah, yeah. Like, like we're we're really looking forward to going to see it, going to see it. Uh, okay, well I won't I won't spoil anymore. I had to tell you. Yes, Spider Punk. Oh, I can't wait for Spider Punk. <laughs> on, right on, good. I could I could tell that that you're stoked. Let's get into some cool tunage here, shall we? Um, as if. Dan Lorenzo, he uh, he's the the main man behind Hades from 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 back in the day. He's busy with a couple of bands, Cassius King and Patriarchs in Black. If he wasn't busy enough with that, he decided to drop uh, some solo tracks as well. And it came one of them came across my desk called I'm One Again. And it's like, okay, this is cool. You know, we're talking Dan Lorenzo and all that. Extra ex, extra cool about this song is the drums were handled by Mr. Johnny Milness, he of Mucky Pup fame. Wow. All right. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm done. I'm down with that. I gave it a I gave it a spin and great stuff, great stuff. So we're going to get into that as well. Another really cool record across my desk courtesy the good folks at prosthetic records a new newish band you know i they, they were new to me i think this is record number three but elder devil their latest record everything worth living worth everything worth loving i should say sorry it will be available june 16th so yeah it'll be available you know the first time you hear this and, and and listening and going over, you know, all the PR material and all that. Elder Devil described as curascating grindcore and apoplectic sludge. I swear to God, they made those two words up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, but... It, it it sounds bitching when you're hyping a band, so why not? <laughs> why not? So let's let's kind of get into that, Mr. Dan Lorenzo. Great stuff. Let's go with that. This is I'm one again.
beginning, because our hope never existed in reality. Salvation can only be found in the death of reality. We are the pale. We are the faceless. We are the dead. Follow me, and I will show you how to die.
with everything going on this weekend, dude, as you may recall, a couple years ago, we spoke to one of the dudes from Lord Vigo. Now, they have relatively new material. A new record came out last year. We shall overcome, and that is from our ashes, we will rise. Like, come on, dude. Had to do a Lord Vigo song talking oh, about God. the Ghostbusters. For sure, for sure. And before that, the aforementioned Elder Devil with Burning Forest. Grab that new record now. It's really cool stuff. I was given as much of the record a spin as my time allotted to. And it's some pretty cool stuff, as you just heard. A little while back, I don't know how many years ago, Okay, that this happened more than 10 years ago now because I was at my previous Clark Kent job and I've been at my new one now for actually this July will make it 11 years. God help me. Okay, um, so maybe about 12, 13, 15 years ago. Is this there... where you did the stripper gram? <laughs> no, now? that's 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 coming up. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's coming up. Like, if, if my OnlyFans tanks, <laughs> you know, then I might have to, <laughs> I might have to, I might have to take a more, you know, physical approach, shall we say. Well, I was, I was working for this, or working with this one guy that, I don't know, he, he I swear this guy just, some people just like to tell tales. And... And if it's, and you can just tell, like, okay, I think this guy's full of shit. But you don't want to, you know, make waves. You don't want to call him out because you really don't care that much. Just kind of, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. With what this guy was talking about, I couldn't just, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Because it was it was music-related. He was talking about how he used to work for Kiss and for Ted Nugent. Oh, jeez. I'm like, okay, uh, all right, all right. So, as he's after he was done telling me all all of this, I responded to him by saying, "Yeah, it's too bad, you know what happened with Eric Carr, you know, because." Obviously, this guy was about our age. His his interest in Kiss probably was done with, you know, once the '80s kind of kicked in. Right. Kiss his Kiss is the first four guys. He probably doesn't know a whole hell of a lot after that. Well, he gave me that deer in the headlights look, and then said, "Well, who's Eric Carr? How could you have worked for Kiss? When did he work for Kiss?" Because if he's our age, he worked for Kiss in the 80s. In the 80s, yeah. Yeah. So I knew exactly. Okay, this guy's full of shit. Yeah, clearly. (laughs) And I asked him what what it was like, you know, hanging with the Nuge. Yeah. What, What do you mean, Nuge? Oh, my God. Oh, come on. If you're... <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So here's a guy that 
coming across as Mr. Music. I'm in the biz, you know, and I, you know, I'm Mr. Music connoisseur and all that. And you're full of shit. Okay. That's ridiculous, dude. And these are easy questions. These were easy questions, okay, for someone that would be of somewhat of a music connoisseur or someone that would be working within the industry. Like, okay, not everyone, even even a lot of KISS fans, okay, might not know who Eric Carr is, okay? Um, but, they're not really KISS fans. Well, yeah, but the ones that have a little more inclination or, you know, dive a little bit deeper than listening to rock and roll all night on the radio in the in in the background those that have got a better grip and a little more knowledge and like i said are a little more of a connoisseur are going to know who the nuge is is going to know who eric carr is and so that got me thinking okay like there's probably you know there's probably like a number of these little trivia questions i want to say that aren't super obscure that you know you would have to be a heavy metal jeopardy contestant in order to get but it's just enough that joe and jane average okay when i and i mean as joe like joe and jane average fan you know might not know these ideas these little pieces of trivia and if someone wants to you know come across as you know mr i you know i'm the big metal supporter you know being pompous and arrogant and all that maybe throw some of these at them and if they can answer them maybe they got it going on you know and if they can't well, maybe <laughs> they kind of fall into Snowy's former, you know, former fellow employee category, shall we say. So I was the other day I was, I was kind of going through my head. And I want to throw a couple out here. Okay. And they're like, like I said, they're not, they're not hard. But I think they might be something that, you know, that is just just beyond Joe and Jane average music fan. Or at least, like, within the metal world. You would have to at least be in the metal world to get all of these. And I'm not looking to stump you. I'm not looking to give, you know, I'm not testing your metal or anything. This is just something that, okay, just examples that you might want to throw out there because we're 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 going to expose some posers, shall we say tonight? Okay, and if you have a couple of these, I would definitely want to hear them. Okay, number one that immediately came to mind, Mr. Kirk Kirk Hammett, famous, one of the most famous musicians in the world. Yes, in his band Metallica. Right. He came, his, his roots lie in another, you know, 
now well-known band, but just, well, in the underground at the very least, another metal band from the same scene, which would be Exodus. I think that is a good question to ask. You know, that would definitely be one. On the same, on the same token, okay, Jason Newstead joins Metallica when we lost Cliff Burton. Okay, and I remember that one of my most my favorite concert of all time was just a couple weeks after um, after Cliff's death. They found a, they found a replacement. The tour commenced, and when I saw Mr. Newstead, I was probably one of the few people in the audience that was like, "Oh, this is so cool." You know, it's 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 tragic. Cliff's not here, but we got a guy from Flotsam and fucking Jetsam on stage too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know. And if you're if you're you know a big Metallica fan, you should know these two things. Yes, like, it's it's it should be automatic. Here in Canada, oh sorry. Well, I was thinking. Um... Your 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 friend there who well who said he worked for the Nuge. I'd be uh, like, well, you work for the Nuge. I bet you had to get his drinks all the time. Like, what what's his favorite alcoholic beverage? I don't think he drinks anymore. I mean, no, that's just it. The Nuge has never drank. <laughs> He's always been straight edge, and oh, so really? if he tells you something, you'd be like, really, you know, and, yeah. and like you totally know it's bullshit. Uh-huh. See, I, I didn't even know that. I just, yeah. wait a minute. I thought maybe he did when he was younger nope. or. I, I think there is the story where there's like one night he got drunk and never, ever again. And, ah. you know, his dad, the um, general colonel or something, uh, really let him have it. And um, there, there's another great story where. Um, Jimi Hendrix is offering um, Ted uh, weed, you know, or or possibly some other bit of controlled substance, right? Right. And, you know, I mean, if, if you and I could go back in time, we would absolutely smoke weed with Jimi Hendrix. I right? would. I don't do that now, even though it's legal up here, but yeah. to do it with Hendrix? Exactly. We'd yeah. absolutely do that. Fucking right. But, you know, the Nuge, he's like, nah. And he's like, wow, you don't get high? He's like, nah. You know, and then he pulls out this huge knife. And, he's, you know, Hendrix is getting a little nervous. He's like, what's the knife for? He's like, clean hanky and a sharp knife. That's all you need in life, man. <laughs> you know? Okay. just The, the nooch has just been the, you know, the, the outdoorsman hunter type for years. That's just the nooch, you know? Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, so, so no. that, that's a question I would ask. And you would have stumped me. Uh, which, which is kind of funny because I honestly feared you would have gotten that one. Well, I was kind of ballpark with the drinking. Yeah, you're pretty close. Not bad. Not, you're pretty not, close. Not, not bad. Man, uh, there's nothing about Rush that I don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay. oh, there's a lot about Rush I don't know. You, okay. You're, you're going to be able to stump me on these ones. And I'm I'm not Mister like I being Canadian. I I know my fair share of Rush, but yeah, well, I'm sure 
there are some diehard Rush fans up here in Canada, and I'm sure you know the 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 ego, a little bit of pompous attitude, and all that. Well, if you don't know who John Rutsey is, okay, and you're a huge Rush fan, you better go. Uh, you got a bit of homework to do because he was the original drummer that uh, that uh, Neil Neil Pert replaced. I had no idea. No? Well, okay, but you're not a Rush fan, and no, no, not at all. You know. But I, I'm very aware of the three gentlemen that are the most famous for being a Rush: Neil Peart, who you know, who's uh, left us, Alex Lifeson on guitar, and Geddy Lee on bass. Right. Um, and I also um, celebrate the ultimate blasphemy by not being a Geddy Lee fan, but also being a bass player. Um. <clears throat> That is blasphemy, yeah. Uh, well, you know, and I'm sure in Canada I would have been excommunicated, banned from the country, all that <laughs> sort of stuff. But I just, he's just not my favorite bass player. And there's, there's things I enjoy, but, and I appreciate him more now that Rush isn't together and, you know, he, he, as the bass collector and the musician, but he just never did anything for me. Well, no more maple syrup for you. I know, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Name a Black Sabbath vocalist that's not Ozzy or Dio. Okay, yeah, for metalheads. Okay, wow. I, I, but it, it's it's one of those questions that will that we should know. But those are the two, especially Ozzy. Were there others? <laughs> Joe and Jane Average, even now, okay, because of the the Osborne's TV show, yeah, you know, and all and all that. Everyone, everyone, okay, not just metal fans, but just everyone should know Ozzy was the original vocalist of Black Sabbath. You know, yeah, you might have to go a little bit deeper. You know, specifically, metal fans would know. Ronnie James Dio from uh, Rainbow, which when I was at work Sunday morning, I, I only go in for a few hours. I heard Rainbow's Man on the Silver Mountain on the radio. Oh, That's a good one. Yeah. Oh, it was a- absolute gold. Yeah. So, yeah, once you start getting into, you know, further into music and especially metal, you know Ronnie James Dio replaced Ozzy Osbourne in Black Sabbath. Ian Gillen... Of rain of um, almost said rainbow of deep purple, you know, for that for that one album replaced Dio. I I have no idea. Every everyone should know that for the um, the Born Again record. But and Ian Gillen was also uh, Jesus in one of the productions of Jesus Christ Superstar. Jesus Christ Superstar, yeah. Which last year I bought I bought that the original cast soundtrack. Yeah, so I know that, but I had no idea he was in Sabbath. But funny yeah, story. Just for the one record. Um, I also did not know that Ozzy was the original vocalist of Black Sabbath because I discovered Ozzy before Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. And um, when I saw one of Ozzy's live records, I'm like, what are all these Black Sabbath tunes? Why are they on? Yeah, why are they all on Speak of the Devil? Yeah, yeah. had no idea. Had no idea. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, at the time I was also thirteen, yeah. and I'm not claiming that I'm the world's biggest Black Sabbath fan. So, 
And yeah. what do you know about record company mumbo jumbo? And what do you care at 13 about all that bullshit? Well, I just want to hear yeah. cool stuff from Ozzy. Right. You know? Right. Yeah. And I think, I guess the next double live album that Ozzy did must have been the tribute record. Oh, for, that uh, was, for, for, that for was Randy epic Rose. when that was released. I guess that would be the first double live album. Hey, there's a future topic there. Our double favorite lives. double. Or, yeah, double live records. Yeah, um, live after death done. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, obviously, you know, Kiss Live One and Two, but li- Live After Death has just made such the impression on me for my entire mm. life. So well, you know, no, no, yeah, yeah. But out outside of um, Ian Gillen and um, Tony Martin. Were there any other Sabbath vocalists? No idea. I, I yeah. So, like like I said, I can only go so far. I think Martin might have been the last last one. Where basically it was the Tony Iommi project at that point, pretty much. You know, as the eighties kind of rolled along, and they, they weren't. I wasn't. You know, Sabbath wasn't exactly blowing any much smoke up my skirt at the time. Um. Crossover. What is crossover? Okay, now the... Well, see, the ex- you would have stumped me with the, this one. The expressions changed over the years, but if, if, if you know, you're talking to someone our age, you know, claiming to... Or even even if, if, if it's someone younger, okay, and they're coming across like a know-it-all about punk and, you know, underground metal and all that, well... Explain to me what crossover is. Well, it was a DRI album. Yeah, okay. that, that was my explanation. <laughs> okay. You're the one who explained it to me. <laughs> but there's the concept. There's the concept of what crossover is. Now, eventually, it kind of morphed into, you know, the expression metalcore. And then metalcore, the sound kind of changed with the next generation and all that. But I never really acknowledged, like... Uh, under under oath as i lie dying you know i've never really acknowledged those bands as metalcore i just thought oh, that's just going back to last episode okay what we were talking about so yeah those those mid 80s the, the 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 merging of metal and punk and hardcore and all that and just you know dri corrosion of conformity those those bands that created this this whole scene and kind of brought the two together. I think that's something that um, one would need to know to test their metal. There's no... Um, okay. If you're a Metallica fan, and I say to you, no life till leather. That is the uh, demo cassette. You have to know that. Yeah. Uh, okay, if if you if you don't, uh, okay. as, as well as one of my favorite <laughs> lyrics on uh, the Kill 'Em All record, right? For sure, for sure, that has to be like their first. That was their debut release, right? Oh yeah, as yeah. as Th- that demo tape circulated everywhere, right? And it got into the hands of Brian Slagle at Metal Blade. Okay, and. So 
what was that first recorded Metallica song onto an album? Okay, and what 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 song was it? What album was it? And and all that, which was it, it was "Hit the Lights" from the first Metal Massacre. Wow, I, I was really stumped there on that one for a minute. I'm like, oh, I don't know. Uh, okay, well that's that that goes way back. I, like I think Metal Massacre was the first, and I could be wrong here. I don't want a bunch of <laughs> people sending me emails. No, no, Metal Massacre was the third release from Metal Blade. You know, the first bitch album was, you know, I'm sorry. Okay, but I think, I think, Asterix, that the first Metal Massacre was the first release from Metal Blade. Yeah, I think so too. And yeah, so that that is a pretty big piece of history. Now, okay, you didn't know that, but that's not taking anything away from your Metallica fandom and what you know about them, because you could write your own Metallica book. You know, so, but yeah, that's definitely one that, um, that kind of, kind of fits this mold here. Testament. All right. You know, one of the biggest metal underground Bands ever since their debut record, 1987, The Legacy. Okay. Um, if, and like you had the big four, if there was ever going to be a fifth, you know, a big five, I think either Testament or Overkill might have been that fifth, maybe even Exodus, an argument could be made for them, might have fit that fifth slot. Okay, because they're just one of the biggest, you know, underground thrash bands pretty much of all time. Testament was not their first name. They had to, they had, they had their name that they were slogging it out at Ruthie's Inn in the Bay Area, you know, back in 1985, 86, 84. As it turned out, um, their moniker of Legacy was also used by a jazz band or something like that that had had the copyright on that. So they had to change the name to Testament. Thus why the Legacy was the name of Testament's first album. This is one of those things. You know, it's... Um, Joe and Jane Average Metalhead might not know this, but if, or at least, you know, if you claim to know a lot about Thrash from that era, this, that might definitely be it. And um, I got one more here because we should get to some cool tunes here. Mr. Larry Lalonde. He of Primus fame. Yes. That's probably where you first... Was that where you first discovered him? Oh, yeah. Or was, or was it with Possessed? No. Nope. Like Primus. It, Primus it, for it, sure. It was, it was Primus. Yeah. But after, uh, shortly after hearing Primus, like you heard, okay, he was in this black... I call it a black metal band. But they were the prototype. They were, along with uh, Slaughter and Death, they were kind of the prototype for death metal. Yeah. 
Okay, um, but that's kind of a whole other thing. If you're, um, you know, okay, yeah, you're a big possessed fan, okay, and you know, you know, Larry Larry Lalonde was an original member and of that, and then he eventually went on to Primus. But if you're one of those snobs, okay, the band that he was in between the two and released one record together, you know, as was Blind Illusion. Oh, my goodness. I just learned about that recently. I'm like, where are you going with this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, that's, yeah, that is, that is one of those things, you know, like it's, it's trivia enough, but, if you're, you know, Mr. Connoisseur and all that, it's definitely something that you should know. That's kind of a little laundry list off the top of my head when I, when I sat down and I said, okay, how does this fix? How, how does this work? How would this Mr. Stump, how would this stump uh, Mr. Kiss and Mr. Nuge there that I had to deal with? All those years ago, these were definitely some uh, cool examples of that. How do you think I did? Did I did good? Uh, yeah, I think it's all right, man. Wow. I, I, th- I think you had, had some pretty pretty good stuff there. Um, I I would even oh, I I would go as far as to you know ask really ridiculous questions, and like, well, who played lead guitar on Anesthesia Pulling Teeth? You know, who did the solo on that? Was it Kirk Hammett or was it Dave Mustaine? Like, you know? we, oh, yeah, I guess once the instrumentation kicks in, like, not just the the bass. Yeah, but then... No, the I, instrumentation, it's all bass and drums. It's, it's all bass yeah. and drums, right. Yeah, um, yeah like, like, that's yeah. the rub. Right. It wouldn't have been either one of them. Okay, yeah, because I remember the drum, the drums, the drums kicking in, and I'm kind of like, well, there was no guitar, but... Nope. Maybe maybe I'm kind of thinking of it wrong, but aha, okay, that's that's the catch. That would be a very good one, yes. Yeah, and then I think the classic would be who would win in a wrestling match between Lemmy and God. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That would get him Trick time. question. Yeah. Trick question. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I put this kind of this this question out on my Facebook page. Okay, and um, just just kind of threw it out there that was the first response you know <laughs> it's like yeah yeah that's right that's right trick question let me use god uh, yeah want to get into some tunes here or you got yeah. something else going on here no, right man, let's on. Hit it. all right all right for the all right for the first time in 17 years now Glass Casket have a new record out, self self titled record available now. I was blown away. It's like holy shit. There's a whew, there's a blast from the past. So yeah, I kind of tapped that. So without further ado, welcome back, Glass Casket with Let Them Go. Yeah! 
Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday night on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots.
Dedicated to Spider Punk. I hope he's uh I hope he's doing his homework. Okay, some something tells me Spider Punk knows a thing or two a thing or two about punk rock. But I certainly hope he knows who seven seconds are. That was the legendary seven seconds from their record The Crew with Young Until I Die. Great stuff, great. Stuff. Um, okay. For our indie spotlight. <laughs> okay. When I saw this name, I had to tap. I had to tap it because it's kind of it's kind of a parody of um, of a real actress's name. Okay. Okay. So when I took one look at this, I just said. Yeah, yeah, we have to use this in tonight's Indie Spotlight. We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight. From the very second that I read the credits to The Breakfast Club, I rechristened Molly Ringwald as Molly Ringworm. <laughs> I have, I, yeah. It, it's just this old joke that just all of these years, I've just, you know, even now I'm she's on Riverdale in a semi reg. Oh yeah, yeah. She plays um, Archie Andrews' mother. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Well, she was always to this day has been Molly Ringworm because once again I'm kind of a wise guy. This week I, I discovered Texas Grinders Molly Ringworm. <laughs> that. <laughs> Is amazing. I would not be able to sleep if we did not do that this episode. So, without further ado, from Austin, Texas, from their just their demo, this is Molly Ringworm with Void. You can't steal my nights from me. 
Under the patriarchy, women's pleasure has already been stolen, and it's taken us a long time to get that pleasure back. You're not going to steal my sleep. That's where the issue of readdressing the imbalance of who has the guns has got to come in. But why, why has it taken... 8,000 years of civilization. Well, because men own all the weapons, and that's also something that's got to turn around, and that's why I promote women get your guns. Molly Ringworm TX, like Texas, dot bandcamp dot com. 
Yeah, they're up there on the Facebooks as well. Go out, check check them out. Like, yeah, when when I saw that, I was like, oh, dude. <laughs> and Aaron's gonna get a kick out of this. Oh hell yeah! This as well. It's just you know, it's just when the music gods just shine down on you. <laughs> Because, like, that's that's no word of a lie. When I first saw Breakfast Club and saw that name on, in the credits, it's like, yeah, Molly Ringworm, okay. And it just has stuck with me all of these decades. Great stuff. Great stuff. Well, my friend, another week in the books, another fantastic episode in the books, and we survived. How can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, dear snowman, RadioactiveMetal.org, all the episodes, past, present, and future, can be found there. Check us out on your favorite podcast app. We're on iTunes, the podcast app. We're on Google Play Store, or whatever they call that now, because I can't keep up with all the renaming and rebranding that everybody does. Um, but, you know, if you can find a podcast on the internet, you can find us there. You're going to find us everywhere. So, we triple dog dare you to not find us. We are the glitter of the internet. Just when you think you've gotten rid of us, you find us again. Yeah. 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 That's pretty much how it goes. Um, at Red Metal 666 on Twitter and Instagram. Facebook.com slash Rad Metal. And then Rad Metal 666 at gmail.com um, to drop us a line. And then. We're also on this thing called Spotify. And the reason mm-hmm. we're on Spotify is because we are proud members of the Shining Wizards Network, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. Great guys over there, whole host of Rastlin and Lifestyle podcasts. Our sister podcast is hosted over there, A Rastlin Night in Canada, where the host sounds just like Snowy. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, just, just like them. It's crazy. It's like they're twins. <laughs> it's like it. Unfortunately, we haven't had an episode up in the past little while because my co-host, Mr. Matt Matt Copper, has been busy. We do it out of his home studio, and he's been busy producing local bands. And our good buddy Ducky, his band Shit Happens, is on tour right now in um, along the East Coast, Montreal, Ottawa, Hamilton, etc. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, yeah. Missing my buddies. Like, half of my friends are in another province <laughs> right now. So, yeah, yeah. So, I can't I can't, I can't wait to get back with, for for them to get back. And, guys, have a, uh, have a safe trip and come back soon. Um, but in the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been a Test Your Metal episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off.